Blog Talk Radio. Now we're on air. Praise God and welcome to Blog Talk Radio, 646-378-1857. You can hear us also at www.livedeliverance.com. And you can go to Facebook and watch me live on video feed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Lord, use me as your oracle. Allow the power of God to manifest in me to speak to your children who are the believers. This is the Children's Bread Ministry. This is a deliverance ministry. We thank you, Holy Spirit, to deliver those who desire to be free from any problem that you can handle because your word says we can do all things through Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we bind Satan now in the name of Jesus and every demonic spirit that will try to hinder this broadcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, witchcraft. There's a spiritual witchcraft and there's a physical witchcraft. There's two types of witchcraft. We're going to be dealing with both. But the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to Galatians, and the Apostle Paul, he was a, a, a powerful man of God, and the Lord gave him a revelation on this, and he put it in the Spirit by the Holy Ghost in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. But let's read uh, Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh... Are manifest, which are these adultery, patience, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. Here we go, witchcraft. So please pay close attention. In the day, declares the Lord, I will destroy your horses from among you. And demolish your chariots. I will destroy the cities of your land and tear down all your strongholds. I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. I will destroy your craven images and your scarce stones from among you. You will no longer bow down to the works of your hands. See, that's the flesh. Witchcraft is the work of your hands. Now, the Bible tells us don't put our trust in our flesh. And there are pastors controlling people with the spirit of witchcraft. I've had many women to call me and many born-again men, husbands, would say, my wife will listen to the pastor more than me. And he is her pastor. And a lot of pastors are operating in witchcraft, and they don't realize it. You know, you need to come see me before you leave the church. Uh, you don't need to bury that person. And then you go listen to everything they say. It's good to listen to a pastor, but you need to test the spirits. I will uproot from among you your astral poles and demolish your cities. I will take vengeance in anger and wrath upon the nations that have not obeyed me. Makai, chapter 5, 10 through 15. Do you see any anger in these verses? This is a side of the Lord not often considered. God absolutely hates and hatred for witchcraft. Time again in the Old Testament expresses total hatred of this evil and intolerance for witchcraft. 
in any way, shape. When the children of Israel entered the promised land, he said, wipe out and destroy every man, woman, child, even the cattle. Let nothing that breathes live that was involved in idolatry and the power of the occult. You might say, wait a minute, is that the loving, gentle shepherd speaking? The prophet Jonah went to Naivia and cried against it for its wickedness. Amazingly enough, the people before Jehovah, everyone from the king on down, however, within a generation, Naivia took up where they had left off and engaged in witchcraft and wickedness. So vile that the Old Testament book of Nahum is dedicated to the Lord's judgment against it. Nineveh had become a hotbed of the occult arts. In fact, Nineveh had perfected witchcraft and the occult to such a point that they was exploding it to surrounding nations and pouring this out. The entire book of Nahum has God saying, I'm going to get Nineveh and wipe it out. In Nahum chapter 3, verse 4 and 6, all because of the Waltham lost of Harlot, alluring the mistress of sorcery, who enslaved nations by her prostitution and people by her witchcraft. I'm against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdom your shame. Pelt you with filth. I will thread you with content and make you a spectacle. Nahum chapter 3 verse 4 through 6. God does not like witchcraft. We're told that King Saul, after years of disobedience and rebellion, finally succumbed to the power of the influence of witchcraft, King Saul. When he consulted the witch of Endor, shortly before his death, Saul didn't start out that way, though early in his reign, he struggled with feelings of jealousy. This is King David now. Uh, this is uh, King Saul. And envy toward David. When David went out to battles, all the ladies would come out afterward and cry. Saul slays his thousands, but David slay his ten thousand. After envy and jealousy entered his heart, one thing led to another, and Saul ultimately became bitter, angry, judgmentalism, insecure, incurable, finally murderous in the end because God wouldn't speak to him anymore he went to a witch who told him tomorrow you're going to die and the next day he was dead God pronounced the death what is the symptoms of witchcraft a rebellion and stubborn attitude Christians have witchcraft operating them if it is rebellion and stubborn attitude the Bible says in 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse 22 and 23, rebellion is 
as the sin of witchcraft. See, when you rebel against God, you operate in witchcraft. A lot of people don't uh, see that because the Bible describes rebellion as equal sin as like that of witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin. Same thing. These two demons work together. And stubbornness. So stubbornness, rebellion, brings witchcraft. Self-control is as iniquity and idolatry. An unwillingness to be corrected or to hear the truth about oneself. Son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have to see, but do not see. And ears to hear, but do not hear. For they are a rebellious people. We have witchcraft operating in the society of America right now. People are rebelling against a lot of things. We have the spirit of murder. I just got off the radio station two days ago, and I talked about the death. And the Lord told me that it was, it, it was going to keep going on. Time I got off the radio, the next day there was two, three more mass murders. That's witchcraft because it's in the flesh. The pursuit of one's thoughts and imaginations. All day long, I, God, have held out my hand to a rebellious people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. That brings witchcraft. Isaiah 65, verse 2. This speaks of one bound with tormenting thoughts, painful memories, irrational fears, a self-will thought life often brings in demonic influences. When someone suffers from these things, they tend to elevate the mental pressure through indulgence and addiction tendencies. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, food, or whatever addictions or escapes or ways to get out to even present pain. When one deals with the source, witchcraft, rebellion, often the symbol falls away. A line and a deceitful spirit works with witchcraft. The tendency to always lie is often a symptom of witchcraft. That doesn't mean that if someone has a problem with lying, that they are necessarily operating in witchcraft. But it does mean that if one is operating in witchcraft, they have a problem with lying and acting deceitfully and deceitfully in their dealings with others. You can tell that when witchcraft is in a person if you have discernment of the Holy Spirit. Inability to trust anybody. Since Satan is the accuser of the brethren, witchcraft will be successful to accusation against motives, against the will of God. Witchcraft also opens up the door to guilt and legalism. People moving in witchcraft have little to understanding of the oneness of God's grace and mercy. They tend to live under a logistic systems of rules and standards. Persistent confusion. Lord, to us belong confusion of faith to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers. Because we have sinned against you, 
To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against me. See, rebel, stubborn, is the same as witchcraft. That's in Daniel chapter 9, verse 8 through 9. These demons work together. Rebellion and confusion are linked together in this verse. One goes with the other. God is not the author of confusion. But of peace, shalom, you can't have it both ways. A rebellion heart inadvertently produces a confused fleshly mind. Unrepentant gossip and slander operates with witchcraft. He that hides hatred with lying lips and he that alter a slander is a fool. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. This is one of the clearest symptoms of witchcraft, particularly when there's no repentance for such activity. One operating in witchcraft often can't see that what they're doing is wrong. So blinded are they by someone else's faults and shortcomings. Gossip and slanders are the outworking of a bitter heart. A few things bring on witchcraft powers as the reversal to truly forgive from the heart. See, witchcraft comes from the heart, the stubbornness. It's in the flesh. To control somebody, to, to say something against the person, you're trying to control the situation. The Holy Spirit does not control no one because the Holy Spirit is not witchcraft. The Lord gives us a free will. Witchcraft does not. The Lord says in Revelation 22, 11, he that wishes to be righteous, let him be righteous. And he that wishes to be evil, let him be evil. We have a free will. Well, witchcraft would deny that. Now, there are many forms of witchcraft, so just hold what you got, because we're dealing with witchcraft in the flesh. I'm not dealing with the Satanism right now, the narcomancy, the Achim, the biometric charts, the uh, uh, eight crystal eight ball, the Ouija board. That's witchcraft. That's deeper witchcraft. Satan's accusing spirits often drown out God's whispers of mercy in the heart of one that is caught in witchcraft. A flattering tongue, a lying tongue, hate those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruins. That's witchcraft. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight. other symptoms, a tendency to be easily deceived, a hardened heart to the Lord, arrogant, self-righteous attitude, unrepentant, Pride and a refusal to change. See, if you don't want to change, that's witchcraft. Witchcraft, as I said earlier, is control. And anything controls you that is not of the Holy Spirit is witchcraft. Drugs can be considered witchcraft. Sex can be considered witchcraft pastoral control over person because remember now we are dealing with witchcraft in the flesh based on Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery we know that's having sex with a, you married having sex with somebody else fornication that's having sex without being married uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, and look at this, witchcraft. 
right after witchcraft come hatred. Anything that controls you other than the Holy Ghost is witchcraft. I was under the conspiracy of witchcraft uh, many years ago when I was on crack cocaine. I'm an, I was on crack for 10 years. I, was, I, I started off uh, snorting cocaine, and I went from cocaine to crack cocaine. And it is a controlling demon. The minute you smoke crack cocaine, your brain lifts up and air comes through the brain. And your brain is not designed to push up out your cranium. So what happens is the demons will get in there and give you a substance of a false peace while you're doing it. And after it's over with, you're either broke, because I would spend six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a week. And I wouldn't have no food. It made me lack. All I desired was to get that crack. That's a controlling spirit. Pharmaceutical spirits can control people. Opioids. That's a form of witchcraft. Hydrocodone. That's a form of witchcraft. Now, uh, marijuana, I am for medical marijuana, and that's a different subject I'm going to be teaching about that. Uh, the, the marijuana is a plant that's been demonized. I've seen people with PTSD. I've seen a child from Oregon, a lady called me, and uh, the child was having uh, seizures. And the child began on medical marijuana, and the child uh, don't have seizures no more. So um, medical marijuana is, is better to me than uh, pharmaceutical drugs because it's a plant. God created a seed. That's a different story, but any drug that controls you is witchcraft. Now, let's look at the cause of witchcraft, not dealing with sin in a relationship. Unforgiveness, you don't want to forgive nobody. Bitterness, resentment, when not dealt with, can open you to several spiritual consequences of which is in the spirit of witchcraft. When the foundation of a relationship lacks forgiveness, there's no limit to the amount of deception and pride that can come in. Failure to deal with the attitude of your heart. Saul, King Saul in the Bible, opened himself to jealousy and envy that ultimately led to witchcraft. Absalom who usurped his father, King David, opened himself to witchcraft when he refused to lay down hatred toward his brother, Amon. Any attitude of the heart left to itself can evidently turn a person toward the rebellious self-will power of witchcraft control. Envy and all involvement of occult types now, that's when we're dealing with astrology. That's witchcraft. You know, in the book of Psalms, the Bible said God ordained the sun. There are a lot of born-again Christians that get saved, and, and they still carry the zodiac, zodiac sign. Zodiac sign carry demons. Each month has a demon. What's your zodiac sign? I, I used to be a Gemini. And see, that ain't nothing but a double-minded person. Double heart, Psalms 12, 2, a double tongue. A double-minded man, two spirits in a person, the twins, Taurus the bull. Man, please, that's astrology. That's witchcraft. 
automatic handwriting analysis. When a spirit can take control of an individual person, they just start writing and giving false prophecies, challenging demons, good luck charms, unks, that's witchcraft, clairvoyancy, conjuring, consultant of the dead, divination, any drugs is considered witchcraft. ESP, enhancers, false prophecies, fetishes, good luck pieces, fortune telling. You go to the, the store and the people give you the fortune cookie. I tell them, here, take the cookie back. I'll eat the food. I bless my food and I take authority over Buddha spirits. I take authority over any controlling spirits over this food and I sanctify it. So I eat me some Chinese fried rice, but I don't want they. Witchcraft, because they got a witchcraft in that candy now, that little thing, open up and tell you the future. Your life is hidden if you're a born-again Christian in Christ, Colossians 3.3. 3. So witchcraft cannot reveal your life. Fortune-telling, handwriting analysis, horoscopes, incantation, levitation, mediums, mind control, mind reading, narcomancies, communicating to the dead, New Age occultism, Ouija board. Palmistry, pendulums, divination, rock music, Satanism, seances, soothsayers, sorcery, spirit guides, cards, warlock, water watching, yoga. In addition, there are many more that I could continue to speak on, but those are heavy formalities of witchcraft. Now, you got black magic, white magic, and green magic. White magic is fleshly control when you're controlling somebody. Even wives can control their husband. Now, I would like for you, if you have children, please remove them from the room now. i like to give you the opportunity to, if they're children or minors, they do not need to hear this. Please, if you have children, this is for adults. I love children, but do not let them hear what I'm about to say. So, please. A wife can control her husband. Well, you know, I'm not going to give you none because uh, you didn't give me no money this week. So she's using her body against him. And the husband would say, well, I'm not going to make love to you. I've had couples to call me wives, but he he don't want to make love to me. He told me, that, and I got to do this and do that. That's control. A person may have a problem. Okay. And their problem can become your problem if they can't control their problem. That's witchcraft because you're doing it in the flesh. Anything you do something in the flesh, it's not of God. See, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. They're contrary one to another, Galatians 5.17. So when I was on crack for these many years, I was under the control of witchcraft. And I had enough of it. I remember coming to the Lord. And I was, a, I was a drug dealer, and I got hooked on my own product. I used to sell cocaine in a nightclub called Mr. V's, and I made about three, dollars $4,000 on a Friday night where it would take me. Back then, I was an aircraft mechanic in the evening and a drug dealer at night, working on aircraft in the, in the evening in the airline industry <laughs> and selling drugs at night. I made three thousand dollars in one day. Back then, I was making a thousand, two, a thousand, four hundred dollars every two weeks. That was a good money in the eighties. And I did that all the way up until nineteen ninety-four. 
And I said, Lord, I'm tired of this. See, when you're tired of something, you really have to be tired of something to get free. Because God's not going to take your free will. God is not going to make, if you want to go rob a bank, you're not going to hear the Lord say, I'm the Lord God, don't rob that bank. You have a free will. And witchcraft can attach yourself to control others by your problem. Witchcraft also can get involvement in false religions and cults. These involvements must be confessed and renounced before the Lord and the curse broken. Buddhism, Christian science, Confucianism, Hinduism, Islam, Jehovah Witness, Freemasonry, nothing but witchcraft. Lord Jesus, lots of control with that. Mormonism, Rosicrucianism, Shotoalism, Theophilosophism, Autoimmunism, Universalism, Antichrist spirit. Now, generational family line curses and sins can bring witchcraft also. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 5, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those whom hate me. Notice in this verse that the curse applies to the third and fourth generation. That means that if your grandfather or even great-grandfather was involved in one of these curses areas, you could be affected. If you had a grandmother that dabbled in the occult sciences or a grandfather that was involved in Christian science or Mormonism, this curse is presently in your bloodline. You could be under witchcraft and not even know that your ancestors, our fathers have sinned, Lamentations 5-7, and you bore their iniquity. So after the night, we're going to break curses. If you've been involved, we don't know but we're going to break curses. We're going to do a curse breaking tonight after this so that we can make sure that you're not under witchcraft through bloodline sin. This could, though, not in every case, but the source of many of the problems you struggle with in your life today. Even though Jesus broke the curses for us at, at the cross at Galatians 3.13, curses he that was hanging on a tree, Christ became a curse that we may enjoy the blessings of Abraham, we still must appropriate the grace to be free all you need to do is to recognize confess and renounce such generational activity in the name of the lord we're going to do that then under the unction of the anointing we're going to break the curses of demonic activity of witchcraft in the bloodline tonight what is the consequences of witchcraft an evil man seeks only rebellion Anytime that you're a rebellious person, you don't want nobody to tell you what to do. You get enough, and you're going to try to turn the tables with your problem and start controlling others by hurting yourself with a substance, with your mouth, if it's not a polite word. You are controlling your mouth. We need to put a bridle on our tongue, Psalms 39.1, so that we won't do that, Proverbs 17.11. The word messenger in this verse could just as easily have been translated angel, 
from the Hebrew. In other words, few things bring on the oppressive power of the demonic like a rebellious attitude. Spiritual darkness, bondage, and afflictions. These verses result the result of rebellion. Anytime that you are rebellion, you are operating in witchcraft. So don't get to misunderstand that witchcraft is only the Ouija board, the seances. Oh, that's very varieties of witchcraft. That's why I'm, uh, the Holy Spirit is breaking this down in this format. Some sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in afflictions and iron because they rebelled against the word of God and spurred the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their hearts with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Psalms 107, verse 10 through 12. Spiritual dryness and loneliness opens up the door of rebellion. God sent the lonely in families. He bring out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellions dwelt in a dry land, dry land, dry places. That's demonic. A spiritual rebellious person, often a loner, not needing or wanting to submit their life or ministry to anyone. Can't nobody tell you what to do when you're operating witchcraft. You you don't like to hear the truth. That's witchcraft. Uh, You want to control the situation around you through your problem, that's witchcraft. A spiritually rebellious person is often a loner, not needing or wanting to submit their life or ministry to anyone else. They just can't find anyone spiritual enough for them. These are the type of people that bounce from church to church and could never really settle down they often carry with them a diverse spirit spreading discord wherever they go, always restless. They're coming to a church as the prophet or prophetess and try to make things right. Anyone, anyone native enough to receive a person like this will find a spirit of witchcraft coming into their church. Now, the Bible says, The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blessed the home of the righteous, Proverbs 3.33. If a man has a stubborn and a rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious so you see the word rebellious just remember witchcraft because witchcraft is the sin of rebellion don't forget that that's what we started off witchcraft is the sin of rebellion rebellion stubbornness works together first samuel fifteen twenty three. i'm going to recapitulate that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft it's the same so anytime you see rebellion there's witchcraft now God didn't too much take it lightly when people rebelled in the Old Testament let's look what happens when a person was operating in the Old Testament with it then all the men of his town shall stone him to death Jesus 
all Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Deuteronomy 21, verse 18 through 20. If you was back in the Old Testament, you'd have been dead. See, we're under grace. That's why God puts us put up with us. And there's grace in time for need. He, Hebrews 4, 16. The penalty for willful rebellion in the Old Testament was death. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy anyone who allows witchcraft to remain in their life is risking cutting short of their own very life. You want to do it your way? You're going to pay a price for that. See, whatsoever man sow it, that shall he weep. If you don't want to change and submit your will to God, you don't have to, but you're going to pay a price. Now, Balaam. This is Balaam in the Bible, a prophet of God that opened himself up to witchcraft. So people in the position of authority in the church can operate with this. Balaam did it. Let's look at it. They are pastors that control people. I don't try to control nobody. When people call me, I just listen to them. I encourage them. Now, if the Lord give me a word of knowledge to give them, I will. If not, I'm not going to tell somebody what they need to do because the Holy Spirit should tell you what to do. My job is to teach the word, not to make you change. That's between you and God. But your will is to have to want to change. Now, if you don't change and you're still being stubborn and you're still operating in rebellion, I wouldn't want to count on that when you die because you're going to have to meet the man. There's no name whereby man can be saved but the name of Jesus, Acts 4.12. Let's look at Balaam, a prophet of God that opened himself up to witchcraft. Then the Israelis traveled to the plain of Moab and camped along the Jordan across Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zophah, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelis. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, the whoredom is gone to lick up everything around us as an ox lifting up the grass of the fields. Numbers chapter 22, verse 1 through 4. The Moabites were scared to death of Israel. They knew they was next in line to be wiped out. So in desperation, they sent for Balaam, who was a genuine prophet of God. However, he was not traveling alone with God's people. Balaam testifies and shows an example of believers who have gifted with the anointing, but are one unwilling to submit to the covering of a local church. You could be anointed and you don't submit. That's witchcraft. And that's how Balaam got caught up in it. So Balak, son of Zephyr, who was king of Moab at the time, sent a message to, to Balaam, son of Baor, who was at Pithor, near the river, in his native land. Balak said, a people have come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these people. Because they are too powerful for me. So Zappa goes to witchcraft. Perhaps then I will be able to defend them and drive them out of the country. For I know that those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed. That's in Genesis 12, 2 and 3. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the free divination spirit when they came to Balaam they told him what Balak had said in Numbers chapter 22 verse 4 through 7 
Now, there's a lot of disagreement today as to whether or not Balaam was indeed a true prophet of God. If it can be proven that he was, then let a lot of people be comfortable with their theology. But this ain't theology. Let's consider a few verses that will substitute and get rid of theology and look at God's calling on Balaam's life. First, in verse 6 in the passage, for I know those you bless and those you curse. When Balaam spoke his word had power and came to pass, this is a sign of a true prophet of God. God bagged up his word in every detail. What Balaam blessed, God blessed. What Balaam cursed, the next verse read, Spend the night here, Balaam, said to them, and I will bring you back the answer of the Lord to give me. So the Moabite prince stayed with him. God came to Balaam and asked, who are these men with you? See, God know all your thoughts, Ezekiel 11.5. Now, Balaam, in his heart, he, he had the wrong motive, even though he was anointed. Witchcraft controlled him. Numbers chapter 22 Verse 8 through 9. This is another sign that Balaam is a prophet. God came to him. He had regular visitations from the Lord. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. This is well as 2 Kings six seventeen. Open up my eyes that I may see. Balaam saw spiritual things. Open up his eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. Numbers chapter 22, verse 31. This is a prophet that God let him see an angel, and yet he operated in witchcraft. Balaam was not really startled by the angel. He bowed before him unlike most who, upon seeing an angel. Seeing into the spiritual realm was probably a fairly common occurrence for Balaam. In fact, Balaam had profound understanding of the characters and ways of God. Consider what he says. This is Balaam, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Balaam said that in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. It's evident that Balaam knew God's character. He knew that God was a God of truth who honored and fulfilled his word, who was not a liar, and who has unchanging love. Balaam also had a quiet of a bit of a spiritual discernment considering the following. God has not seen iniquity in Jacob, nor perverseness in Israel. Balaam was a true prophet of God who became a soothsayer. Balak, the king of Moab, summoned Balaam to curse the people of Israel. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them or put a curse on these people because they are blessed. 
God said that to, to Balaam. That's in Numbers chapter 22, verse 11 through 12. Now consider what God said to Balaam. Could anything be more clear? Don't go with the Moabites and don't curse Israel. God told Balaam that. But what does Balaam do? Instead of immediately turning and rejecting the evil intent of Balak, he gave a shaded answer. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's princess, go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Numbers 22.13. In other words, I'd like to go. God won't let me. More than anything else in this statement reveals the true state of Balaam's heart. Balak offered money, awakened greed within Balaam. The enemy, Satan, knows the weakness of every man's heart. He knows exactly the right kind of cheese that you would bite. This is why we have to ask God to create in us a clean heart, Psalm 51.10. Because the devil will use that sin that you like that he has given you by a familiar spirit to keep you in witchcraft. So what happened? Because of Balaam's ambitious reply to Balak, offer, Balak came back and up to Annie. He was quite ready to take advantage of the compromise he saw in Balaam's life. See, the devil don't play. When they came back with more money, Balaam said, now stay here tonight as others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. Numbers 22, verse 19. Why did Balaam have to go back to the Lord concerning this issue? God has already spoken quite clearly to him. But if you look closely, you will see a remarkable thing in this passage about God and the way he relates to those who play games with his word. You see, Balaam wanted it both ways. He wanted the status of prestige that came with being one of God's prophets. The problem was he didn't want to let go of his sin. So he opted to kid himself about the things of God clearly said to him. This is dangerous ground. When anyone begins to embrace what they really know is a lie, they make a left turn into the rim of darkness. This is often true in areas of unforgiveness and judgment, knowing full well that there is no other option but forgiveness. Many will hang on to resentment and bitterness, telling themselves that the gravity of the offense doesn't want, want mercy. Few things open believers to the power of witchcraft more than the choice of deception in the face of what they know they must do. Now, how do you suppose God responded to the attitude of Balaam? Let's look. Numbers 22.20. That night, God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to sermon you, go with them. But do only what I tell you. Now, isn't that strange? Why in the world would God tell Balaam something different after he's already planned spoken? It's really not difficult to understand. God's saying something along the lines of, okay, 
if you're so determined to go and do your own thing in spite of what I said, then go. See, that's not witchcraft. God gave you a free will. If you want to go and sin, we have a free will, but it's witchcraft now. You have to pay something. I won't violate your free will. You know better than this, Balaam. But apparently, the only way you're going to learn to be obedient to me is to reap the fruits of your choices. Can you at all relate to God saying these things about your life? Look at your life. What is God trying to tell you with the rebellious things that you are doing? Because if you're operating in rebellion, you're operating in witchcraft. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the prince of Moab. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey. And his two servants were with him. Numbers. Chapter 22, verse 21 to 22. This could get really confusing at the point. Didn't God just tell Balaam he could not go? So why is he angry? See, because there's something in his heart. That's what witchcraft does to us. When a believer stubbornly persists in their own way, Anytime you are resisting the Holy Spirit, you have a stiff-necked spirit. Acts 751, 2 Chronicles 30, verse 8. You are operating in witchcraft. They can come to the place where they provoke God's wrath against them. In fact, we're told the willful rebellion can bring us to a place where God is our enemy. Because God does not like witchcraft. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world it's hatred to a God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, that's James 4.4. 4. Now, let's look at this here in 2 Peter 2.16. God sent an angel to block Balaam's way. At first, Balaam didn't see the angel, but his donkey did. When the donkey barked at going for Balaam, became quite angry and began beating the poor creature. That's stubbornness in him. Then one of the Bible's most remarkable events occurred. God opened the mouth of the donkey, which then spoke out and rebuked him for his sins. Now, I want you to go to Second Peter. Chapter 2, verse 16. But was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbid the madness of the prophet. Peter said that about Balaam. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. Lord have mercy. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and felt face down. The angel of the Lord Ask him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? God has compassion for animals. I have come here to oppose you because 
your ways is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would have certainly have killed you by now. But I will have spared her. Numbers chapter 22, verse 31 through 33. Then Balaam finally saw the angel of the Lord. He felt on his face. He really didn't understand what he was doing as he pressed forward in his rebellion. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. Sound real good, right? See, he fooling himself. Numbers chapter 22, verse 34. Witchcraft will make you fool yourself. At this point, Balaam has been reduced to spiritual stupidity. He just been told that his ways was perverse, yet he had the galls to say, if you are displeased. It's like he's in a la-la land or something. We, we like that. This is more common than you might believe. When someone thinks God's will but hangs on to their own will, they'll wind up spiritually dull and full of hypocrisy, saying one thing while doing another. Jesus once said something about this. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about these people honoring me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Balaam's final apostasy. As you read in the story, Balaam continued to persist in going his own way in spite of the desire and the direction of the Lord. And what was the result? He became hardness to the point of finally showing Balak a way to bring a curse upon Israel. He knew that if God's people were drawn into sin, then a curse would come on them directly from the Lord without his help. It's evident from the following verses that Balaam succeeded in teaching Balak how to seduce the Israelis. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who holds to the teachings of Balaam, taught Balak to entice the Israelis to sin by eating food sacrifices to idols, by committing sexual immorality, Revelation 2, 14. While Israel was standing shimmit, the men begin to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before these gods. So Israel joined in worshiping of Baal and the Lord's anger burned against them in Numbers chapter 25, verse 1 through 3. Balaam a true prophet of God rebelled to the point of showing the enemy how to use loss to conquer the people of God. This is the kind of thing that witchcraft can do in a believer's life. It makes you crazy. You wind up saying and doing things you never dreamed of before. I've known believers who, because of witchcraft, bitterness, and resentment did things that brought great damage to God's people. 
to the point of hiding the lost from being saved and all the while professing great love for Jesus as their fellow man. We're told of Balaam's ultimate demise in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 13, verse 22, in addition to those slain in battle, the Israelis, the Israelis have put to the sword Balaam, son of Bor, who practiced divination. In both the Old and New Testament, Balaam is considered and helped us in the scandalous, disgraceful pattern of a person who had the anointing of God, yet operating in, his, in, in, in sin through witchcraft. His downfall began when he refused to do what he knew God clearly wanted. This is the same reason believers are often ensnared into witchcraft. When you refuse to forgive, humble yourself, and extend mercy in any relationship, then you open yourself to some forces of witchcraft and darkness that brought Balaam's final destruction. When a believer persists in rebellion, self-will, attitude before the Lord, all kinds of things can happen. Sin, once aboard, are now justified. Activities are carefully avoided and freely indulged in. Unhealthy, dependent relationships are often embraced in witchcraft. And if the rebellion is deep enough, even subvert others' involvement in witchcraft activities can bring into their life. Now, to bring freedom to someone caught up in witchcraft, how to get out of it? What can you do when you encounter a believer? in rebellion and self-justification of witchcraft. The Apostle Paul gives us the answer in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. And the Lord's servant must not quail. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, apt to teach and patient. He must in meekness instruct those to oppose themselves in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil through witchcraft, who has taken them captives at, his, at their will. 2 Timothy 2, 24-26. These verses contain the prescription necessary to help someone escape the snares of witchcraft. First of all, notice that Paul mentions patience, depending on how bound a deceiver is believed is. The process generally takes some time, helping someone come to a place where they can humbly acknowledge the need for deliverance from witchcraft will require much patience on a person. Why? They've been rooted in that sin. Paul also says to in meekness instruct, don't just go to a person full of bitterness and witchcraft control to tell them. You have witchcraft in your life if you're controlling anybody. They may turn again to attack you, Matthew 7, 6. It takes wisdom to help them see the problem. One way to help them See, their problem is for you to cease to be the problem. Believe me, if you approach them the wrong way, you will become the problem in their mind, and they'll go against you. Then the focus won't be on the, on the behavior, but rather on you. And that's what happens when people are in witchcraft. However, when you approach such a one with meekness and humility, then the route of the demons can be blocked because you're giving them love. Love is the greatest commandment. Witchcraft is the opposite of love. Brethren, if someone who is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, should restore him gently. That's why the Lord don't want us to, when people make a sin as ministers, we can't beat people upside the head. That's witchcraft. Love them. Well, you, you need to do. No. 
talk to them in love. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, Galatians 6, 1. When you approach them with this attitude, uh, but by the grace of God, you can make a change in a person's life. Now, that's an example of a prophet of God in witchcraft. So pastors can control people. Anything in life that controls is not of the Lord. God gives us a free will. Witchcraft does not give you a free will. If you've been rebellious, unrepentant, stubborn, break the curse of witchcraft. If you've sinned, ask the Lord to forgive you. If you see through this sermon tonight that there's errors of witchcraft in your life, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our fault, he is just enabled to forgive us from all unrighteousness. You can be forgiven tonight. If you see that you've been controlled by a substance and you open up a door to a demonic spirit through drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever, God is a God of love. Let me tell you something. I do not desire being a minister. This is how I look at it. I'm unworthy. It's the grace of God that has me doing this. If it wasn't for the grace of the Lord God among all of you who are still living, God's still giving us grace to change while we're on earth. Because once you die, ain't no second chance. And I just want to thank him for giving me mercy. I want to thank him for his love. God loves you. God does not want any of you to be involved with any substance that can control you. God don't want no one to control you, but the Holy Spirit doesn't even control you. The Bible says do not worry about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it, for the Holy Spirit should teach you at that hour what you know how to say, Luke 12, 11. The Holy Spirit will see if you want to receive it, but the Holy Spirit will not force itself on you. Witchcraft will. So if you sound yourself tonight and say, oh, I didn't know that, ask the Lord to forgive you. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I ask that you forgive me for all my sins, known and unknown. In Romans 10, 9, the Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. Lord, I ask that you forgive me for opening up any door of witchcraft in my life. I renounce it in the name of Jesus. Become the Lord of my life. Now it's done. Now we've got to break the curses if you've got witchcraft in your bloodline or any other form of curses. Please repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I repent of any sins in my life or my ancestors' lives that have resulted in a curse. I repent of all disobedience, rebellion, that is, witchcraft, perversion, witchcraft, idolatry, Lost, adultery, fornication, mistreatment of others, murder, cheating, lying, sorcery, divination, and occult involvement. I ask for forgiveness and cleansing through the blood of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. 
the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, take authority over and break any and every curse in my life. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, break all curses of poverty, lack, debt, destruction, sickness, death, and vagabondism. The Lord Jesus break all curses of rejection, pride, witchcraft, rebellion, loss, hurt, incest, rape, Ahab, Jezebel, fear, insanity, madness and confusion on my mother's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. On my father's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve, the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, every hex, jex, spell, or spoken curse over my life. You know, I, the Lord told me, there was people telling me, I had a guy call me from Louisiana. He said, well, you're 61. You ain't got that long. And the Lord said, I don't agree with that. If I would say, well, amen, I'm 61. This clock's ticking. The Bible says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. If I would have agreed with that, I could have opened up a door of witchcraft in my life. Who's for you to tell me how long I'm going to live? Can't nobody say that only God knows the number when you're going to die. That's witchcraft. The Lord Jesus break all curses involving my finances, my mind, my sexual character, and my emotions. And my will and relationships on my father's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve, and on my mother's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. The Lord Jesus break every hex and spell and spoken curses over my life. On my mother's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. On my father's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. The Lord Jesus break every feeder, chain, shackle, core, habit, cycle, as a result of a curse. On my mother's side. And on my father's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. According to Galatians 3.13, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law by the sacrifice of Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth. I exercise my faith in the blood of Jesus of Nazareth and loose myself and my descendants from any and every curse. I claim forgiveness through the blood of Jesus of Nazareth for the sins of the fathers. All of my sins have been remitted, and I loose myself from the curse that came as a result of rebellion and witchcraft in the name of Jesus. I exercise my faith, and I know that confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10.10. 10. Therefore, I confess that Abraham's blessings are mine, Galatians 3.14. I am not cursed, but blessed. I am the head and not the tail, Deuteronomy 28:13. I am above and not belief, verse 13. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. I am blessed, and what God has blessed me cannot be cursed. I break all curses of rebellion and witchcraft in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tomorrow we have a powerful teaching. We're going to go through the whole book of Mark on demonology. The whole book of Mark on demons, what Jesus did, how to get healed.
Tomorrow we're going to explain that there's different formats of healing. There's a natural form of sickness. There's a spiritual form of demons that cause sickness. We're going to look at all of that. We're going to look at the authority of Jesus and how his ministry became famous because he cast out devils. We're going to deal with the word tomorrow in detail in the book of Mark so that you can understand that demons are real, spirits are real, and witchcraft is very, very real. Voodoo, taking a doll with a person's imagination fish, that spirit that hit and affect that person. If you don't have the arm of God on, you can get caught up in witchcraft. Seances. Tarot cards. That's witchcraft. Pastor that I knew, the man called me and said, we have problems. I said, well, what kind of problem you got? They done bought seven, eight, nine Ouija boards on a Friday night, having Ouija board night in the church. See, because of ignorance. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Witchcraft is very powerful, and that's the potent dark side of witchcraft. I dealt with it in the areas of stubbornness because the Holy Spirit is ministering to the body of Christ. Now, those who are not saved and you're involved with witchcraft, you need to email me at OvertonAvey1 at gmail.com. Repent, ask the Lord to forgive you, and come under the blood and break those curses of witchcraft. God bless you. I want to thank uh, everyone who has helped me, Brother Tommy, his mother, Brother T. Rowe, Chaplain John Durden, Brother Tommy, uh, Brother Osley, Sammy Osley, Brother Paul, Sister Sheila, Pastor Rodriguez Baker for sowing the seed to keep me on air. Those eight, nine people helped me. I love them. I love you if you don't give. I thank the Lord for the people who give. It's very difficult to get income on an Internet radio station. Why? Well, I'm not a normal pastor because I recognize in the airways, these spirits don't want me to teach, and they will attack this radio ministry through finances. They don't like what I'm teaching. Now, you got to understand, I'm teaching on the airway in the heavens. This is going all over the world. Satan is the god of this world, and I have to pray. I have to pray for forces to open the door so that the, that those demons will not shut down people's minds so they won't give. I thank those who give them. Please sow a seed. Sow a seed. I'm not a prosperity minister. I don't beg. We do need help. And I thank those who give. For one of those who wouldn't give, man, we wouldn't even be on the ready. So those people who I just named, they are faithful uh uh, 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 brothers and sisters in the Lord that souls in ministry and I thank all of them and those who don't give I still thank you but if you've never given to this ministry please sow a seed we have so many people that listen but very few people give this is a ministry and it costs to run things on air God bless you we're going to open up the conversations now for questions and answers at 646-378-1857 we're going to come off air now but come join me because we're going to get started in the blog talk chat text and we're going to open up conversations and we're going to allow the power of god to minister as the holy spirit lead for those who need an assistance as they call me you can come and join us at 646-378-1857 and hit option number one please make your contributions to www.livedeliverance.com 
on the lower left-hand side, we have a PayPal icon. You can sort of see there, or you can go back to www.liverivers.com and go to our GoFundMe. And you can see we have very little that gives that GoFundMe. And those people who I announced their names, those are the ones that are backbone to help this ministry. There's too many people on here for very few people to give. If you haven't given, please sow a seed and help us on air. God bless. All right. We're going into the blog talk room now. We're going to go back to regular broadcasts on LiveDeliverance.com. Shalom. Stand by for those who are in blog talk room. All right. Those who are listening to me, we're going to go back now on regular broadcast at www.livedeliverance.com and uh, Frank Hammond breaking soul ties. And then we're going to be dealing with familiar spirits. And Derek Prince will come from release of the curse names of demons tonight here at www.livedeliverance.com. God bless. And come join us at 646-378-1857. God bless. Okay. Now we're going to get ready to open up this mic. We want to thank those who have joined us here at Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries, and we're going to open up the mic for questions and answers. Erico714, good evening. Good evening. Hey, brother, what's going on? It's me, Sammy. Hey, brother Sammy, how you doing? How you doing, my sister in Christ? Hi, how are you tonight? I'm blessed. Good to hear from you. Yes, it is. It was a great sermon tonight. I really enjoyed it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, God bless you. Any questions you need, Brother Sammy? Any you need anything? Any, what, what, what do you guys need? Um, not right now, brother. We're good. But I mean, it definitely helped me recognize certain things, and just in my relationship with um with my girlfriend here, as far as you know, certain things that might be considered witchcraft and which are witchcraft, and you know, it just helped me recognize that, and um and vice versa. Amen. Amen. Well, God is a forgiven God. He's forgiven you. Go and sin no more. We are under the grace of God. I'm glad you learned it. God loves us. God is a God of love and compassion. And we need to thank him for his mercy and for his grace. I'm glad you was blessed. Thank you, Sammy, for all of your contributions to this ministry. You have been a blessing to this ministry. And I thank you. And I thank God for you and your and your girlfriend. Both of you have been a blessing to me. And I love you here. Love you too, brother, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay, God bless. All right, Chaplain John Durden, good evening, and you have the mic. Well, good evening, good evening, my brother in the law. Um, you know, I've been listening to you, I guess, you know, almost two years now, and folks are still trying to, trying to figure out how you can do such a wonderful uh, teaching and uh, and don't have the doctor degrees and all these other kind of degrees and everything else. And I'm just want to remind um, them as well as myself that uh, when you're teaching and espousing the word of God, you're just repeating what the Holy Spirit is telling you what to say. Because I think about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were not theologians. They were, they were men, spiritual men of God. And when God sent them all over the areas where they lived, uh, they just got up in faith, and they just said what the, what the Holy Spirit told them to say. And mindful, you know, when we get ready to teach the Word of God, we go to the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, and Luke and John. Well, they're not theologians. They are just simple-minded, loving men of God. And that's about the best way you can teach. 
And when you find out you can teach that way, you say, thank you, Lord. You don't have to sit up there on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night uh, for two or three hours writing sermons over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit say, I want to tell you what to say. You just use your mind for worldly things. But when it comes to spiritual things, just tap on me and I'll tell you what to say. And you don't have to be writing sermons over and over and over and over Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just to try to figure out what you're going to say Sunday. Just be open to the hearing of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It was a wonderful teaching. I'm always excited because I know who's doing the, the teaching, I know who's talking. That's the, the mouth of um, my brother. But the theology, the, thing, the, 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 the revelation comes directly from the Holy Spirit. It amazes me how he just flow, 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 flow. And that's because he's hearing the Holy Spirit. It's not what he thought of a whole week ahead of time or what he wrote over and over and over. It was what he was hearing at that moment. And that's a revelation that we all need to know. And that's what I'm working on myself, period. Because, you know, back in the past, that's all I did, too. Write a, write a sermon, erase it, then write it all over again, erase it, write it all over again. It's wonderful to experience something like this for the past uh, year and a half, that all you have to do is be a true soul-out man and woman of God and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you what to say. That's, that's an amazing way to teach the gospel of God. God bless you. And uh, and I know we all got something out of it. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' of Nazareth name. Amen. Okay, we got G-Y-D-L-Y-N-I-S-T-R-04. Are there any questions? Okay, we're back in the United States. Here's my best friend out of Kingston, Jamaican Island Records, Jermaine Edwards. man that died for me, paid it all when he died on Calvary, wonder why he would have really loved me, not only that he turned around and gave me mercy, I know everybody out there can testify to this, if it wasn't for the love he wouldn't exist, I want to call his name, every minute, every second, every hour when you're weak and strong, sing Jesus, Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus, there's strength in the name of Jesus, there's healing in the name of Jesus, 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 there's joy in the name of Jesus, there's peace in the name of Jesus, there's love in the name. Jesus Christ, He did for you and you. But there's a secret that I know my Father cannot do. He makes the flowers bloom, turn morning into noon. He gave up our nerves, and we can feel it every move. I know my God's alive, look into the blue sky. It's just a miracle how we survive. But that I know I serve you, 
Lord, till the day I die. Father God, I will forever lift your name on high. Power in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, destroy in the name of Jesus, there's peace in the name of Jesus. Just call a name right now in that hospital room. Yeah, just say that you're not gonna make it, but if you just call the name of Jesus, He's the healer, He's the doctor, He's the deliverer. Just call a name. God bless Israel. God bless the United States. Good night.